Playwright and activist Eve Ensler has changed her name simply to V, and she's written a book titled The Apology. She introduces what we find there with this prologue. I am done waiting. My father is long dead. He will never say the words to me. He will not make the apology. So it must be imagined, for it is in our imagination that we can dream across boundaries, deepen the narrative, and design alternative outcomes. This letter is an invocation, a calling up. I've tried to allow my father to speak to me as he would speak. Although I have written the words I needed my father to say to me, I had to make space for him to come through me. There is so much about him, his history, that he never shared with me, so I have had to conjure much of that as well. This letter is my attempt to endow my father with the will and the words to cross the border and speak the language of apology so that I can finally be free. Words from The Apology by writer and activist V from 2019. We probably don't need to be told what she's been longing for her father to apologize for. V, then Eve Ensler, is the playwright of the Vagina Monologues and founder of V-Day, so we can make an informed guess about her father's transgressions in her young life. In an earlier book titled Insecure at Last, a political memoir, she explains, in this book, I have gone back to chart the events that have personally and politically led me to ask questions about the whole notion of security. I grew up in a middle-class family and neighborhood in the United States. I had plenty of food, clothes. I had my teeth straightened. I took ballet classes. We went on vacations. I had a good education. This security did not come for free. It was my father's money, and he created reality. From early on, my emotional and psychological well-being were sacrificed for this economic security. My father was a raging alcoholic. His anger permeated and infected my world. His fists, his hand, his belts marked my young body and my being. I was always ready to be hit or yelled at or erased. I was told over and over how lucky I was to have a nice house, to live in a good neighborhood. So early on, I came to equate my economic security with violence so now, she says, I write and perform, and I love my friends all over the world. I work to stop violence against women. I work to prevent and stop war. I sometimes have anxiety. I have bouts of terrible low esteem. I feel lonely on occasion. But mainly, I feel alive, free. I feel myself. And so, from her own personal experiences, she has gone on to develop ways for other women to experience in their own lives a sense of healing and the overcoming of trauma. She explains, we must hear each other's stories to understand each other. That understanding, thus, fueling anger, compassion, and a sense of shared mission to foster change for the better in our lives and the world. The Pennsylvania Theater of Performing Arts in Hazleton will open the 2023 season with the Vagina Monologues this weekend. 
and we had a chance to speak by phone with the director, Lisa Doherty, and cast member Dr. Jill Snyder about PTPA and the production. Lisa Doherty. The Pennsylvania Theatre Performing Arts is celebrating, I believe, its 20th anniversary. We started in a church on Laurel Street and outgrew it and moved to the Ferrara Center on Broad Street. We're a nonprofit organization run by volunteer directors. They do main stage productions of musicals, uh, drama, comedies, and youth productions, all volunteer basis. They were closed for a while during COVID and then reopened and are building back their uh, customer base. You've just had a benefit event, too. To help raise money to keep live theater alive and well in Hazleton. Basically, it's a initial fundraiser to launch our capital campaign, which we're going to be doing over the next few years, just trying to, instead of continuing to survive, we'd like to thrive. So we're trying to get the funding to move ahead to have bigger and better productions and to not have to be concerned about keeping the heat on and keeping the lights on, I guess, is the best way to describe it. We did get a recent grant, and we have all-new sound system, which we're very excited about, and we really want to continue bringing in some great live theater and continue the arts in downtown Hazleton. Tell us, then, about the present season and what's on offer. Generally, about mid-year, Adam Randis, who's a general manager, and the board and a few other directors and other active people in the theater sit down and talk about what titles they would like to present on our stage. What titles do we think would appeal to the community that would draw audiences? What titles do we think are important that we would like to show and educate and entertain? So we've begun the season with the vagina monologues, and that decision came We basically thought about how women's voices have gotten louder over the last few years. After the 2017 Women's March, overturning Roe v. Wade, the women that came out to vote in droves in 2022, and it it seemed appropriate for us to put on a show that would amplify those voices. So that's how we chose to open the season with this particular title. We also do classic musicals, titles that people would recognize, Sound of Music, Guys and Dolls, etc. And then Contemporary, Hairspray, um, Rocky Horror. We try and find a little bit for everyone. Introduce us to now V instead of Eve Ensler. That's correct. I think it's fairly recently when she changed her name, but she, she said she was constantly being stopped by people saying, oh, you're the vagina lady. Oh, you're the V lady. So she made it official and legally changed her name from Eve Ensler to V. But yes, she started on this. It, it was almost just a personal hobby back in 1994-96, where she was speaking with girlfriends about their sexual experiences and experiences with their bodies. And the stories were so um, colorful and surprising. And those women said to her, you need to talk to these other women. So she talked to them, and they said, well, you need to talk to these other women. And it grew until she had completed 200 interviews and then compiled all of those interviews into what is now called the giant monologue. And she updates it, and she will add a thing that has become more relative or prevalent. So it changes every few years. It shakes you up when you realize that the need is still so great to hear and share such stories. Absolutely. It, it, it started as a, just an in-topic, and she has evolved it into 
raising money organizations that are trying to stop violence against women. The, the topic is still important today. She's trying to normalize the language around and women's bodies so that there aren't pejorative terms used that, that shouldn't be used. And it's the same today as it was 25 years ago. Lisa, you're directing, right? I am. Why did you decide that this was a piece that you wanted to take on? Well, I, I'm, I like the edgy titles. I liked that it was a contemporary topic. Even though it's 25 years old, it's still a topic that is important today. And, and because I tend to be a little political, I was aware and concerned about things that happened to, to women in this country. And I thought a, a good platform, a good way to get that message across, that women's, women are not second. And Jill, it's intriguing to know that you're someone who is a theater person, and that's how we're talking to you, but you're also actually a doctor and an OBGYN. Yes, I am. (laughs) And how does it all come together for you in this piece, then? Um, I think this piece, going back several years, Lisa and I have been talking about this, because this this piece has kind of been on my bucket list, because given my, you know, job and what I do every day— I mean, it's interesting because I'm in this production with several other amazing actresses and women who probably aren't used to using the words vagina and clitoris and those other things on a daily basis, but I'm quite used to that. So it was important, along with Lisa, you know, with all the changes and the revocation of many um, women's rights and, and things that are happening that have become politicized, I just thought it was important for us to be a part of and put on a production that's so powerful. It is comedic, but it's also very powerful and moving in many ways. And I'm just uh, so happy to be a part of it. And I am so excited to be directed by Lisa for like probably the 15th or 16th time. So that always (laughs) makes any production uh, 10 times better. So it's kind of full circle for me, combining my love of theater with my profession and having it all appear on stage. We know about political theater. How does it work, and why is it so powerful as a piece of theater? They are firsthand stories, so the actresses will be telling these experiences in a firsthand voice. It's like you're listening to a woman tell you about being raped or having her genitals mutilated or her clitoris removed. There is an opportunity for a director to get a bit creative in the staging of it. When I first read the script, I thought there's probably nothing more boring than having 12 women stand at a podium and read a three-page monologue. So there was an opportunity to be creative and stage it in a theatrical manner with lighting and music and sharing one story among multiple women. So you get a little bit from each of them. It's a non-traditional format, of course, as there's no plot line, so to speak. And there's 12 separate stories that are told about different topics and women, black women, different ages, and how their experiences varied. Jill, do you share a story with someone else, or do you have your own story to tell? We divided most of the stories up, so you're, I think I'm a part of a, about four or five different stories, and then I, eat, I add some professional comedic surprises in there, just to add a little flair, so... I don't have a a singular, complete monologue, but we have large chunks of dialogue amongst other stories. And just the way Lisa has directed it, it flows perfectly 
but it kind of takes the pressure off the individual actresses so you don't have to be the sole focus of a singular monologue. And also, it's helpful because a lot of the monologues are very, very, very dramatic and very soul-searching, but then you get a break and you can have something a little bit more comedic and a little bit more lighthearted. So I love that mix and I love the way that we are putting it on. Well, then as a director, Lisa, not only do you have to decide about the division and how that will work, but also that rhythm and the, and the pauses to let things sink in for the audience. Yeah. And it sounds like you've got a cast that is pretty well suited to do that kind of work with you. Yes, they're wonderful. We have 11 actresses, all from uh, around northeastern Pennsylvania, accomplished, talented, and in really, really doing the piece justice. They've got some great comedic timing for the humorous parts, and they, um, they've gotten pretty emotional themselves during the more dramatic and literally disturbing stories. Some of them have, have been reduced to tears, even though we've read these stories dozens of times over the rehearsal process. But those are the moments as a director, and I'm sure as an actress, those are the moments that you wait for. That's, that's when the magic happens, when you feel it as well as watch it. And that's what would make theater in this instance a change agent, because if we are in the audience and we connect on that level with someone who is really in the moment and feeling it, it's not just head, it's head, heart, body, the whole whole mix. Yep, that's the magic. That's, that's what you strive for. When you go through the script, Jill, and you have a chance to also share together now the stories. I hate to think that in your practice that these are stories that don't come into you into the office or the clinic space. Um, No, surprisingly, you know, no matter where you practice OBGYN in the country, I think that you eventually will come across these situations. And I thought it was very moving just, I think, last week when we were rehearsing and we were talking about female genital mutilation that I actually had someone who was a immigrant from one of those countries who unfortunately underwent that procedure in her foreign country when she was a young child and has obtained counseling and has now accepted what happened to her and has actually become very successful. But me explaining that to the cast kind of made it so much more real. And, you know, with the world being the way it is and people moving from country to country and from the North and from the South, and unfortunately with the prevalence of rape and physical abuse, no matter where you are, eventually you're going to encounter women like this. And I hope that if we educate some of our audience members that this truly does exist, that if they see some of these signs or hear about something like this from a friend, a neighbor, a family member, that they will understand that this, you know, this is a true occurrence and maybe help that person get some help or get out of the abusive situation or you know, get them into a safe place. So I think in that way, it'll have a big social impact. And unfortunately, I wish I didn't see a lot of the things we discuss, but, uh, you know, we do, but we're prepared for that in our training. If you have a program, do you have things that might be resources for people who are in the audience? We will put resources, helplines printed in the program. There will be information for women and, and men to reference if they need to. 
Tell us when we can see it. The show opens on Friday, February the 24th, and it runs for one weekend. Friday and Saturday performances are at 7, and Sunday's matinee is 3 p.m. It's a BYOB and BYO snacks. We know a lot of girls and girlfriends are having a, a girls' night out to come and see it. I don't want people to think it's disturbing and upsetting. There, will, there are a lot of lighthearted moments where your table of girlfriends are going to say, oh, my gosh, that's true, and laugh. So we're hoping that people will make a, a fun but also educational night of it. Lisa Doherty, director, and Dr. Jill Snyder, actor, speaking about the opening of the 2023 season of the Pennsylvania Theater of Performing Arts, 212 North Broad Street in Hazleton. The season will open this weekend with the Vagina Monologues, Friday, February 24th, and Saturday, February 25th, at 7 o'clock each evening, and Sunday, a matinee at 3. For more information, on the web, ptpashows.org, ptpashows.org. It's the Pennsylvania Theater of Performing Arts opening the 2023 season with the Vagina Monologues. It's 212 North Broad Street, February 24th and 25th at 7 each evening, and Sunday, February 26th at 3, ptpashows.org. Thank you.